you, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Off Mic, Off the Record. I'm your host, Aaron Bentley, and joining me this week is the lovely and super talented Miss Adrian Johnston. What's up? Hi. Long time no see. I know. It's been so long. Long time. I'm too long. I feel like the last time I saw you was at the Awards, Texas Awards. Was it? Arlington Music Hall, maybe? Surely not. It's been that long. Three years ago. When was that? 2018? 19? 2019. No way. Think so. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. I have no memory anymore. So. I, I'm just throwing something out there because time-wise. <laughs> that we, was a fun night, though. That was a good night. Mm-hmm. We we don't cross paths that often anymore because you're in the you're in the East Texas. I know. I live in the woods, the piney woods. Pine Curtain. Mm-hmm. So you were out there in the most haunted town in the state of Texas. Yeah, apparently. It's the fifth oldest town in Texas, I've learned. It's super haunted. And we live there. <laughs> Have you run across any hauntings out there? No. <laughs> do you believe in the paranormal? I do. Do you? I do. I'm I mean, I'm a believer in like I think that there's ghosts and I think that they come back and they visit us. But I also know the people that live in the haunted houses in our town now. And I know how they encourage the ghost walks. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, mm, little I'm embellishment. Like, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so with you saying you believe in it, have you ever had a encounter of of the sort? No, not really. I would say like, I feel people sometimes once they're gone. Okay, that but makes sense. I wouldn't say like my lights have flickered, like something like physical has happened around me because of it. Okay, I'm all about it. I talk about random things on here, so like it. when we get to talk about that stuff, it's kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, I've had two experiences in my life that I couldn't explain. Really? So I won't say that I'm a synced ghost or anything like that because I don't know. Right? I don't know what happened. I was sober both times, so we can't we can't blame it on. Okay, on being so drunk. that's a good point. Um, and they were just both they were just odd things. Was it maybe my imagination playing tricks on me or something like that? I don't know. Possibly. There was one time in my uh, mid-20s, I was living with a buddy. We had a rent house, and like my bedroom window faced out towards the uh, covered porch. Okay. Like we had a screened-in porch. Real small, older home that we had. Mm-hmm. And like we worked, I worked nights, he worked days. So whenever somebody would come over, like if it was a different time, tap on the window. Yeah. So you're not beating on the front door. And this was like middle of the night and I was kind of halfway asleep, kind of halfway awake. So I don't know. (laughs) Could have been dreaming. Could have been dreaming. And so that's what we're saying. Could have been a ghost. (laughs) Could have been a ghost. And I hear just a slight tapping. Okay. So walk over the front door. Lock it. Nobody's there. Okay. No big deal. I was imagining, I was dreaming, whatever. Go back into the bedroom, lay back down, cut the lights off. Five minutes later. You heard it again. Heard it again. Then heard my name. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of legit. I was like, maybe it was like a squirrel. But squirrels don't say Aaron. Don't say Aaron. And it was like a whisper? Well, it was because it was sounding like it was out on the porch. Hmm. Go back out there. No well, one's Unless your buddies are really mean. No. <laughs> and it wasn't. So anyway, don't that's know. A, that's a potential. It's a potential. But again, I don't know. I was halfway asleep. Right. And then the other time I was in my grandmother's house or my grandparents' house, it no longer exists. It got torn down about 10 years ago. Oh. Uh, one of the oldest homes in Johnson County. Okay. Uh, uh, and so we'll backstory the house. The house was built by the sheriff of Johnson County in like 1894. Oh, cool. Um, he built it for his family and it was on the outside of 
Cleburne at the time, Cleburne proper. Mm-hmm. Now it's the property is considered the dead center of town. Of course. Um, wife leaves him, kills himself in the house. Oh my gosh. Dun, <laughs> yes. dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so anyway, then it goes through a couple different families, becomes a boarding house in the twenties. So the house was kind of different shaped mm-hmm. um, d- doors and places. You wouldn't expect to be doors, yeah. bathrooms and places you would just because the house was, it was a boarding house and then it got, my grandparents bought it in the fifties and they bought it from the tamale lady. The tamale, that was her name. The well, tamale I, I lady. I know the actual name, but she was a tamale. She was a lady who made. I'm here for it. For tamales for everybody in town. This is how tacos come up, by yeah, the way. This, this is, is exactly this is how happens. tacos come up. Mm-hmm. And she also had seances in the house. <gasps> the tamale lady? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm here for this. Okay. So my grandparents buy it in the fifties. I think, I don't know the year, I can't tell you exactly, but go through a lot of uh, different phases in the life. My grandmother passed away in 98. My grandfather passed away. My dad's dad passed away before I was born. Okay. So then my grandmother passed away in 98. My dad uh, took the house. And then when I left college, moved in there. And one night, randomly in the kitchen, cooking, eight or nine o'clock at night, out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody walk by. Mm. It was the tamale lady. It was a guy. It was a dude. It was a guy. But a guy, I mean, eventually a guy had lived there like in past, but don't know. Don't know how legit the guy, the guy's spirit was still there because he killed himself and he never left the house. Maybe that's the kind of stuff I'm like into. Corner of my, I didn't know like I turned and like seen it. I like that one more than the knock on the window. Yeah. I believe that one. Did it really happen? I don't know. Maybe it was my imagination. No, that happened. And uh, yeah, I froze. Didn't move for 10 minutes. Well, yeah. Did he like recognize, like, did he acknowledge you or he Walked was just by. like walking by. by ghosty or like human? Don't know. Don't know. Tell. Corner Couldn't even tell. <gasps> so it'd be like right now, if you saw ags like moving right. out of the corner, of your eye, you would just peripheral vision, peripheral vision. You would see that movement and you would recognize a shape of something. And it was a dude. Seen it. Yeah. Oh, I wish I lived in like an old haunted house. Like, I would love that. You live in the haunted capital of Texas. I know, but we don't live in a haunted house. Our house was built in like the 80s <laughs> or the 70s or something. Okay. So not a lot of history. What about your shop? Uh, we can talk about that and talk about where that, that is in the heart of Jefferson. That's in the heart of downtown. I don't know. I don't know the history of the building because I don't own it. So I didn't really honestly like. Leasing it. Yeah, I'm just leasing it. Gotcha. Um, so I didn't learn the history of it as much as I would have hoped. We were looking at buying a building that was built in 1890. That was the lawyer's building. Well, of course we were one of three offers, all cash, blah, blah, blah. I don't have a bajillion dollars, so we didn't win, but it had three floors and the original lawyer's office buildings were still upstairs with the guy's name on the building. His law name was still on the um, offices in the upstairs and it was all original wood. I mean, it was so cool. But I bet it's haunted as hell. Oh, for sure. And it's like 17,000 square feet. So it's ginormous. That's massive. Three stories. It would have been so cool. Oh, well. Once some of you lose some. <laughs> when some of you lose some. But yeah. But you actually have a boutique, brick and mortar boutique. I do. Let's talk about it. I what, do. What's the name of it? It's called Sheality. A She's Reality. Say that one more time. Sheality? Sheality. I like that. People try to say Shilty. I'm like, that's not even close. So we have to say she's reality, but we started it online in 2019 and then, and just did like some pop-up shows and things like that. Yeah. And then it was doing really good, but I needed 
to be Jefferson's a tourist town. And so if you're not where the foot traffic is, I mean, what's the point of having a shop in town in my opinion? Correct. So moved into this building in January of 2020 and then closed in March, April. Now, when you say closed, you don't mean closed permanently. No, I just closed our doors based off of what our County judge was, you know, the requirements of the, the guidelines and then did some private shopping. And since we started online, it wasn't a big deal to put more of our inventory online. We just only put certain things up that were easy to ship. And so I ended up putting everything online. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's kind of what got us through. And then because Jefferson is such a small town, when things started opening back up, people would go to the small towns because they felt more safe. Yeah. Jefferson's been on fire every weekend since then. It's so insane. When we, mid-pandemic, we took a vacation down to Padre. Mm-hmm. And we thought, we're going to go to Padre. We're going to go stay at a resort. Not going to meet anybody there. Right. First couple of days, pretty empty at the resort. And then I think it was Thursday, Friday-ish. Ton Everybody. of people started showing up. So then we decided, let's go do some hill country shopping on the way back. Mm-hmm. It's pandemic. Ain't nobody going to be out. Nope. We went to Wimberley. Oh, gosh. I bet that was booming. <laughs> I hadn't seen that many folk in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, where do we go after we leave Wimberley? We hit, I think we hit another town. I don't remember where it was after that. Hit a couple small shops, got a few things. We went to Green. Was Green crazy, too? We did not find parking. <gasps> that's, see, that's so good, though, because the small towns, I hate to say it, like, they really kind of flourished. Oh, they were During COVID. It. And the big cities have had all the problems. And then now, I don't know, the whole thing is just a hot mess, but... Small towns did really good for a while. They did. They did really good. I mean, good. they're still doing decent-ish. Yeah. I want to say here in Godly, uh, we have Del Norte Tacos. Mm-hmm. And mm. I want to say they did shows. They canceled for a while because yeah. they did the big outdoor shows. And then they started kicking back up and running about, I don't know, late 2020. Yeah. And they've been going ever since. So Friday, Saturday night shows. How? What's their capacity, their venue capacity? Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> but what I think is happening is like, if you're small enough, you just fly under the radar. Like nobody's going to monitor you. Like they're going to monitor Billy Bob's. Oh, it's a pretty big place. Is it? Well, the taco place itself, the restaurant is tiny. Right. The kitchen's, you know, a third of the size of this room. Yeah, because right I now. feel like it's pretty small. But they, their outdoor stage and venue area, it's, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, we're not talking 2,000 people. But no, we're but talking like 200 Really? Five, six, maybe. Okay, that's bigger than I thought. Because under the covered portion of it, there's mm-hmm. 22, 23 picnic tables. Okay. Big eight foot picnic tables. Smack table. eight to 10, 12 people in those. Okay. And then you've got from the back of there, they've got a big fire pit and a big seating area around that. And then another 30 picnic tables. Okay. And then everybody jams the picnic tables together and everybody brings folding chairs. Mm-hmm. And then standing room. And then standing and room. Then- yeah, because around the covered portion is a bar bar top mm-hmm. around the entire thing. And then you've got some, I haven't been there in so long. I wouldn't even, it's pretty good size. Yeah. Well then I don't know. I, did, I was going to go with, it's a smaller venue. No wonder JK, LOL. <laughs> For all legal purposes, we will say it's a small venue and nobody knows. Right. And but now we're good. really shining light on something. Sorry. <laughs> if everybody's listening to this podcast, we talk about people and plenty people playing at Del Norte because <laughs> It's the town I live in, and it's seven blocks exactly. from here. Exactly. 
can, we can sit out in the front yard and we can listen to the shows. And you don't even have to go. We don't have to go pick over. Isn't that nice? But we do. No, but we do. I, God, I haven't been to a show, a live show. It's the last live music you saw. I did go to Magnolia Motor Lounge when we were in town, like maybe four months ago. Um, and we saw Paul and uh, don't put me on the spot. No, I don't remember. I'm going to. I don't remember who we went and saw. That's cool. Michael Keaton. Okay, good. That's who we saw. And he had Paul up there with him. What's Paul's last name? Wilder Blue. Paul. Paul. Bree Bradwell's man. Uh, uh, but, yeah. What's Paul's last name? Oh, my gosh. Easton. Paul Easton, yes. Easton. Golly. Yeah, They're I, like our friends. I should know these things. He had two very successful hits in the mid-2000s. With yeah, no big Mountains deal. Mountains of Nueva Leon and Small Town Blues. Like, no big deal. He just played on my new record. Like, totally no ball. Apparently can't think I could just, it's pregnancy brain. It's, it's pregnancy brain. It's we'll, a thing. It's a, we'll give you a pass. Yeah. So we did go see them and it, you know, that was just real chill, like Sunday night type thing. Yeah. And then, but big show. I haven't been to a show show and I couldn't tell you. Friday night. We went to a big show. <gasps> you did. Was it so good? When I say big show, I mean, let's, let's go real big. How big? Where'd you go? Tell me I'm living vicariously through you. Dos Equis. <gasps> Wait, who is Friday? Cat Power, Garbage, and Alanis Morissette, Stop 25th it. anniversary. I heard Alanis Morissette was in town. 25th anniversary of the Jagged Little Pill Tour. Oh my gosh. Was it everything you wanted it to be? Bucket list. <laughs> bucket list. 100% bucket list. Oh, so good. We got there. So show started originally it was supposed to be Liz fair was supposed to be the opener. Okay. Uh, Liz fair canceled. And so then they had cat power come in and do the mm-hmm. opening. We get there seven fifteen ish. So seven was the kickoff. We Did were you sit on the lawn. Oh yeah. We had to, I was not so hot. <laughs> we sat towards the very top. So there was some airflow. Oh, that's good. Cause but, it can get pretty stagnant in there. Oh, it gets bad. That's why we didn't want to sit under the pavilion itself. Mm-hmm. We did that for, we were under the pavilion for Randy Rogers when Jason Isbell opened for Randy Rogers seven years ago. Oh my gosh. You, you heard that in years ago. You heard that. Correct. Jason Isbell opened. That's so funny for Randy Rogers. And we were under about the same time of year. We were under the pavilion and it felt 147 degrees. Oh my gosh. It's miserable in there. I like, I know it's the best like outdoor venue in the summer, but it is miserable. Well, it's cause they have that massive wall around it. There's cause of the, no the, the noise ordinance down there and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far, I'll tell you right now, probably top five show for me of all time. <sighs> Uh, I know my wife, 1000% probably one of the top shows for her. <laughs> the only one that'll ever beat that is we've never seen Reba. So if we go see Reba. I haven't seen Reba live either. She would be. She's just an entertainer. That's 100%. 100%. And she still wears that fancy dress and I love it. Like, get it, lady. She needs to. She does. She just, and the fact is she can fit into it. Wear it. Reba is an anomaly. She is. She's going to wear it when she's 101. I hope she gets buried in her fancy dress. I hope she does too. Yeah. Reba, I'll come to your funeral. I will too. If you wear your fancy dress. That's terrible. That's horrible. But I love it. <laughs> we'll tell you this. Alanis, dead on perfect. Sounds does exactly. She sound just like sound she, she just, dies. Like we got there and I'm thinking, okay, 25 years later, is she going to do a little bit of tracking in there? Anything? Right. No. Is her voice going to be... No, it's there. And it was imperfect enough that you knew it was a live show. You knew. You knew. And plus she's playing harmonica. Oh my God. And she comes out and I mean, they, they open the show with what I really want and just slay it. Did she? 
just goes after it. I love that. And then they played, you know, every every hit. Yeah. And, and you realize that she has a ton of them. If you really think about it, uh, seven number ones on the first album. Oh my god, the first album. First album, really? Yeah. I'm not. Uh, this is me. I think I looked up some of it, but seven number ones, and I want to oh say gosh. there's nobody that's done that. No, I mean, who else would have? Um, I know Michael Jackson. Oh, okay, Michael. Excuse me, Michael Jackson. And his might have been six. <laughs> When he was a small child or a thriller album, (laughs) pretty young thing, Billie Jean, uh, thriller, obviously. Yeah. And Carol King with tapestry. Okay. Okay. Uh, she actually holds the billboard record for most consecutive weeks at number one in history with what song? The whole album, the whole album. Yeah. Carol King tapestry album. Now there has been people that have had more weeks at number one for an album, but hers were consecutive. Hers years. didn't fall, and then yeah, yeah. come on, up. Because like Adele, these I think, are really good facts. I'm like here for this. It's the useless information that's in my brain. No, but it's so good. I have no information in my brain right now. <laughs> I want all of it. But Carol King uh, Tapestry album was the m- longest running consecutive number one album in history. That's insane. Now it doesn't have like the record like most years on the chart, all that kind of stuff. Because that's I want to say that's Pink Floyd. Dark Side of the Moon was on the chart for 20 years. No. Dead serious. Not not like top. No, but it was the, on the chart. Yeah. For 20 years. 20 years. That's insane. I'm sure somebody's going to correct me on that fact. Maybe it's like 18. But it's like some astronomical. Ish people-ish. Yeah, there's some astronomical number with that. That's Dark Side of the Moon was on there. That. What? Yeah. That just goes to show like how impactful music can really be. Like if you think about it, if somebody is listening to it to that capacity on and off for 20 years, 20 years, or look for the simple fact that Alanis Morissette is touring an album that is on its 25th anniversary and she still sells out every show. She does. And when we went, we were like, I was like, okay, you know, the album had a lot. She did almost the entire album start to finish. Yeah. (laughs) Even the hidden track. She encored with the hidden track. Does she tour like, well, I mean, obviously everybody's tour schedule is wonky right now, but like she was a consistent, she's been consistently touring. Nonstop. Like she's not like one of those like, oh, reunion, I play 10 shows a year type people. No, I'm pretty certain she does like 80 or 90 shows a, a year. solid She does tour. a solid tour. Mm. And it, and when we were there, we were all talking about, I'm like, think about it. Okay. You know, we're looking around in the crowd and we're going, okay, everybody's our age. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still younger people there, but mid forties right? and everybody here is singing every word to every, every song, mm-hmm. even the ones that weren't hits. Mm-hmm. And we're looking around, we're going, and everybody's dressed like it's 1997. again. <laughs> it's a time warp show. It was, <laughs> uh, made a joke that I was going to wear my smashing pumpkins, uh, melancholy and infinite sadness tour shirt. Smashing pumpkin stuff. Here's the problem. Uh, it's a medium on me it's now. It's a medium. <laughs> You're like, I can't. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's not 1997 anymore. Yeah, very true. Uh, 97. That's a good year. How old were you in 97? I was, I was eight, nine. Okay. I'm not too far behind y'all. I was freshman college. Okay. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with music is more impactful than I think anybody realizes. Yeah. We we talk about it. You went you won the you won Ranch Factor in 2017. I know. I can't believe it's been that long. It's a long time ago, but that's why well, I can't do math very well. But four years? Four years ago. Yeah. And you crushed it by the way. Thank year. you. 
Like you, you guys got up. That there. was a good year too. There was a really, there was a like good competition that year. I'm trying to think. In the top, it was like it was all girls at one point. Sarah Hobbs was in it that yeah. year, Tried and somebody I don't remember. Tanner Finolio and I were at the end. Yeah, and I remember it was you and Tanner for the 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 final, and that's also when he had that big single out too. Yes, this town. Mm-hmm. Or it was just starting to get play. It was like, yeah. But you you guys crushed. And he's it. like his his uncle or someone is like the mayor of the town. So let's talk about Nakona, Texas. Yes, hands down one of my favorite places in the state of Texas. I've never been. Beautiful town, beautiful town. Um, it's up there in that area. Whenever you you would see thunderstorm warnings happen, yeah, it's one of the first counties to get hit, Monte County and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. They're one of the first counties. They're the one first. They're one of the first ones. Uh, so up there, close to the Red River. Uh, about halfway between here and Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. Beautiful town. Um, so his uncle is the mayor. Yeah. His aunt runs the the hotel and the Airbnb in town. The other uncle is runs the RV park, and he's also maybe the superintendent for the high school. Oh, stop. I want to say... It's the Finolio town. Then James owns Finolio Boots. Right. Which you ever get a chance to go in there? I know. I need to go. You need to go beautiful. Just so pretty. And their boots. like Their boots are phenomenal. I mean, I've seen them obviously in person. Yeah. But not. Best fitting boots ever. Really? Ever. And I've worn a lot of crazy good You've boots. You've worn some boots in your time. Worn some boots in my time. Since but 97. Since 97. <laughs> but I mean, they are, they're hand, they're, they they're take legit time. handmade. They're legit, yeah. they're legit handmade. They come and they measure your foot. Okay. How do you want the end step? How do you want blah, 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 all this. <sighs> and then they go and make them and you're going to get them in a couple months. It's not a. Right. Hey, but they're worth the wait. They're worth the wait because I mean, everything about it, they're hand stitched. Everything is great. Mm-hmm. But that family is extremely prominent in that town. And some of the most heartfelt, genuine people mm. I've ever met are in that town. Everyone. I just will never forget during Ranch Factor, they were busing in everybody. The town. Yeah. The town. And then they had these fat heads of Tanner's face on sticks. And I'm like, yep, nope, never going to win this thing. because I'm literally singing to a, a town of Tanner's looking at me with this fat head. I'm like, well, this was a good run. We had a good time. And you won. And then I won. I was like, oh. And then, then his uncle got up. They were like, well, I think Malone was the one like, oh, Adrian, come up and give a speech. And his uncle came up and gave a key to the city speech instead of me giving a winning speech. And we all just stood there like, I mean, it's it was basically the Finolio show. So go ahead, dude. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> Great venue. You need to go there. That's a great venue. Great town. Great venue. Great venue. Well, no, they had, I'm trying to think of the name of the venue that there's. That, Is there one up there? It's right on Main Street. So it's like you turn off of the highway and you go uh, north. Is it like Main. up 35? No, no. You're going to go 287 in. Oh. Well, you're going to go. I say 287 in. You're gonna I get, should look it up on a map. God, it's not 287. I don't have a. Uh, is it 84? I couldn't. I'm trying to think. 84. Like go to Gainesville and head west. Nakona. Nakona. It's right outside of St. Joe. Am I not spelling this right? Oh, no, I'm not. N-O-C-O-N-A. Oh, here it is. Nakona. N-O-C-O-N-A. Here, we'll tell the the people. Go up like you're going to Decatur. Go up 287. And then go up 175 from here. But yes, 81. 81, that's right. 
if you, you were to cut it. across. That's the that's the straightest route. Oh, oh it takes it's you out through, by like Munster. Yeah, you go through Munster, then you go through St. Joe, yes. Lindsay. You could go up through 35 through Denton, cut across at Gainesville. That's the way I've gone most of the time. Yeah. I made a trip one time on 287, and then I was on the way back, and there was a massive accident in front of us. Oh, gosh. And I got stuck for three and a half hours <laughs> no. in traffic and ended up backtracking and going all these random ca- country roads and ended up coming out in Weatherford. It came out Weatherford? <laughs> like I said, I backtracked. Good God. <laughs> I had to. I, that sounds like a radio tour route. Pretty close. <laughs> it takes three hours to go 12 miles, and you've hit. Every town. Okay. So <laughs> three hours and 12 miles. Oh, what have I sparked? So we're leaving the hotel Saturday after we stayed up there and we stayed up in Dallas, uh, obviously, because we don't want to drive back. Well, yeah, no, that's too far. And I'm a Fort Worth guy. Uh, this I'm used to, if it's going to, if you're going 10 miles, you're going to take about 10, 11 minutes. Uh huh. I yeah. took them to the restaurant to drop them off. And it, the restaurant was 1.7 miles from the hotel. 27 minutes. I was going to say to take you 20 minutes. 27 minutes later, we're at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we're staying. We're downtown. Like, we're just outside of Deep Elm. Where'd y'all stay? Uh, the Fairfield. Uh, like, right there. On Commerce. Yeah. The Fairfield right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Me. You were right in the heart. Dead center. Mm-hmm. So, every block, it's, stop, wait. You could have walked faster. Probably. <laughs> I think it suggested alternate route walk. Yeah. Get it's out like does walk. the little dots instead of the drive. <laughs> and when you look up the map. Ever. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, and I went to Mama Tried for the first time. How was it? I liked it. We got there after the music was over. So oh. um, I kind of like the venue. It's got a cool setup. Mm-hmm. they got a little outdoor patio. You don't feel, to me, it didn't feel like you're in Dallas proper. Right. When you're there. Um, but you still know. I still knew. Um, and it's not a knock on Dallas. I, I, I like the area. Um, I grew up going to Deep Elm in the nineties yeah. and everything. And there's just it's just a little different. I'm used to different venues. I like small town venues. You do. Mm-hmm. You're like an old Texas theater guy. I love I love dance hall. I love dance halls. I love. Mm-hmm. I, I just I like that. I want to be when I walk outside. I want there to be stars and I want there to be Cook's Garage kind mm-hmm. of a feel or mm-hmm. Coupland Dance Hall or someplace like that. I don't want to. I'm not big on let's go to Sixth Street and let's hit every bar on the right. way down. Let's go to, let's go to Deep Ellum and let's hit every. I want to go hang out, but what God, are, Deep Ellum, that was like in college. We would come home or like in high school, we'd like try to go to a show, and we were like trying to be grungy, but we were like these preppy like private school kids, and we would go to Deep Ellum and we would go to what was that one? Trees. Trees, but there was another one that was smaller than trees. Curtain Club. Curtain Club. That's exactly what it was. And isn't there one called the Door? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we would go. Super dangerous. Not where we should have been hanging out at 17 years old at 11 p.m. at night. Probably not. No. I'm sure my parents didn't know we went. I think so. And remember the guardian angels? They would have these guys on the corners that you could go up to if you felt like you were in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, I shouldn't have done that. They're not out there anymore. (laughs) No, now they're like, eh, get over it. It's just DPD on every Mm -hmm. corner. It's still not safe down there. We le- we left Mama Tried and we walked over to the pizza place. Oh, the big the big ass pizzas. Yes, serious what? pizza. Yes. Oh man, I threw down when I lived in Uptown some serious pizzas. <laughs> I got kicked out of there one time because I might have fallen asleep at the booth at two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those were the days, man. I if I could stay up till two a.m. right now, I should I would get a gold medal. Well, it was about two a.m. whenever we were at Serious Pizza. <laughs> Is there any other time to go? No, there's not because they don't care. They're like, "What well, no. would you like?" I'm okay. That you would like the extra large meat lovers pizza, and they're like, "Yeah, they know exactly what you're doing." And a water. And a water. So, do you know what is directly next door to Serious Pizza? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Been there a hundred times. Elm Street Tattoo. Oh, no. Is it really? It is. Oh, no. Did you so, go there, too? I wanted to. So, Elm Street Tattoo is owned by Oliver Peck. Do you know who Oliver Peck is? Not a clue. He was the judge on Ink Master. Oh, I, re- I mean, I remember the show, yeah. but I wouldn't have ever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Married to Kat Von D. Was married to Kat Von D. <gasps> no, almost. I know Kat Von D. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Super, super big thing. I don't fangirl a lot. Did you fan? Girl. He was there. He, he was there. He was there because it was the Friday the Thirteenth um, oh, tattoo thing. <gasps> so he was there. So I went outside. And I was like, hey, your yeah. picture. Yeah, I you had a picture with him. Yeah, I fangirl. Were your eyes open? Yeah, <laughs> I fangirl. <laughs> it was hard not to fangirl, but I did. I was did like, you I, share your serious pizza with him? Wouldn't have, it? Wouldn't really yet. It was. It takes forever. It, t- it took a pretty That's good. Why amount. I took a cat nap? I was just taking too long. <laughs> so we enjoyed the serious pizza back at the, but we didn't get the biggest one. We got the second biggest one. Okay. And there was only two slices left. Now, granted, both those That's slices were the size of a medium pizza. I mean, pizza. literally, it's ridiculous. It's the best. If nobody knows serious pizza, they don't. They should just go. They don't play around down there. They they do they do pizza right. They do it. food in Deep Ellum is really good. There's also a really great sushi place in Deep Ellum called oh. I couldn't tell you. But is that the name of it? I couldn't tell you because <laughs> if not, you need to open the I couldn't I, tell you. I couldn't tell you a place. There's a great sushi place down there. I mean, they've got some good food down there. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I told you that this was going to be a totally different interview than what you were used to. I know. I love it. It's making me hungry. It is. It's so different. <laughs> um. So we've talked about your shop and we talked about you having the brick and mortar shop down there, mm-hmm. but you guys also just bought a new home down the road in Marshall. We did. So we bought a house in Marshall and um, we were living, I call it Wayne's bachelor pad. We were living in the bachelor pad. I was like, honey, we need to not live in the bachelor pad anymore. Like okay. the beer stained walls and the poker table is our dining room table. is not going to cut it. For I'm me. in hundred percent. And this was also after I had agreed to move there full time. So we were living, he was working in East Texas and we were, had the bachelor pad and then we had our house in Fort worth. Right. And then after we got married, I was like, can't do the back and forth. This doesn't make sense. I can do music from wherever. Yeah. So why don't we just make the move? And then we moved to the bachelor pad. I was like, but I wasn't thinking the bachelor pad. I was thinking maybe like we start a home, <laughs> like where I can paint it cute colors. And did you paint it cute colors? I painted it white. Everything's white. <laughs> it's not a very uh, easy upkeep home, but it's, it's fine. Bad. No. So we did. So we bought, we moved out there the month after we got married. So we got married in November of 2018, moved out there full time, December, 2018. And then we bought our house October of 2019. So it took us a while to find it too. I don't know that area. You know, I'm not from there. No, no, no. East so Texas. It's, it's a little different. It's yeah. a whole different area. So I found this little, um, it's basically like a little private lake halfway between Jefferson and Marshall. Okay. And it's a, like a golf cart community, but we live on the lake, but it doesn't feel like you're in a neighborhood, Okay, but I'm it's a you. neighborhood. It's like 150 homes, but private on the lake. Enjoy. Yes. But I mean, it's like $300 a year. Okay. That's not bad then. <laughs> super. Yeah. It's super low maintenance, like nothing crazy. Um, it's not fancy. 
So, cause he really wanted to live on the lake. Yeah. And I was like, but I also am already at 45 minutes from target. So we're going to have to find like some <coughs> civilization because <laughs> living out here is very different. I went from a condo in uptown Dallas to living in, well, we had our house in Fort Worth, but like to East Texas. So I was like, we need to find something in the middle. Uh, East Texas, nothing's close. Just, East no. Texas and West Texas are two vo- totally different totally. places, but you're driving to anything you want to go to. Anything. You have to make, it's a day. Like people don't understand. My girlfriends really make fun of me. Like, oh, Adrian, you had to go to Target today and it, you made it like a day. I'm like, well, it's 45 minutes one way. And then you are going to run all your errand. I mean, it's, you make a day of it. Where is your closest Target? For, 45 minutes. I mean, what town is it in? Longview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't understand like, Bigger chain stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's Tyler Longview. Yeah. Maybe Athens, maybe Corsicana for your area. It would be Longview, Tyler. Now, I could go to Shreveport. You say go to Shreveport, yeah. That's like a solid hour. Yeah. But even Shreveport, I mean, you're going to have like your big department stores, but you're not going to have, I mean, there's not even, now that I'm shopping for baby things, there's not even a bye-bye baby within two hours of us. That's insane. Thank you, Internet. Thank you, Amazon. Amazon is my best friend this year. I'm sure it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we bought our little house on the lake. And, I mean, we've done a bunch to it. I mean, the family that owned it, they lived there a long time, but they didn't upkeep anything. Like, everything was overgrown and gotcha, gotcha. all that jazz. So we've been working on our house and living the country life. It's awesome. I know. I've actually really grown to like it. You it get, took me a while. And you see stars. And you can see stars. That's a big deal. Yeah, it really is. And I will say, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it had we not been stuck at home for the last 18 months. I can see that 100%. Yeah. If I had been stuck in my condo in Dallas, there's no way. There's no way. But we didn't feel, I hate to say this, it's not like we didn't feel the effects of COVID, but we didn't feel them as prevalently because- Small town life was very different. It was totally different. We never had more than 20 cases, so we were never required to wear masks, even during the heightened state of it. Um, The biggest amount we ever had was in the nursing home. So, I mean, it was controlled. Yeah. And Wayne worked the entire time, and then I was able to manage the store online so I could work from home and stuff. And then we had the pool, and we were doing projects at the house, and so we just kind of buckled down and- Did it. Yeah. Didn't did you, go anywhere. <laughs> did you do any writing during that time? I did. I did a couple of Zoom writes. Um, I tried to get on the live, uh, live stream thing. The live streams, yeah. And it, honestly, in my opinion, they were more work than they were beneficial. And I preferred to watch my friends and interact with their stuff. Um, I didn't need to go on there and ask for Venmo tips because I was like, you know what? No, it's okay. Like we're okay. Like we have our other businesses. Um, we did a couple just because in lieu of shows that had had to be canceled right, right. just because people were already planning to go to those, but we just kind of turned it off for a little bit. And I will say it was kind of nice to not be in the rat race for a while. A little refreshing. I've heard that a lot. Yes. It really allowed. So when I did do a write, it was like, I was actually like mentally there and totally part of it versus I'm coming in on a Monday after three week, three days on the road and I'm tired and I'm just doing a right to do a right. It was like, I had a whole couple of days to get excited for my zoom, right? That's awesome. <laughs> Who was your first zoom right during pandemic? Um, I wrote with Kylie Fry 
and a guy that she writes with a lot of in Nashville, Stone. Um, and then I wrote with Josh Abbott and I wrote with Zach Malloy, who's produced my last couple records and actually who's written a bunch of stuff on Josh's stuff. And uh, those were my two like big rights that were like super productive. I'd say that's pretty successful because Miss Kylie is blowing up. I know she's doing so good. I love her. If you do not jam to one night in Tulsa, you are not my friend. I, I, listen I have to it frequently every version of it on my phone. It is like my go-to song. I, she's just, I love that girl. You can ask my wife when we were at mile zero fest this year. Yeah. The, the one, uh, Beachside show that I said we had to go to was Kylie. Friday. Kylie, I know. <gasps> I was like, I'll I never, got to do it. I'll never forget. Did you ever go to those fresh, fresh faces, new faces shows the night before the uh, Texas Regional Radio Awards? We never made one. You never made one. No. Okay, so it was a bajillion years ago. Couldn't tell you when. And it, I was on it. Holly Tucker, um, Sundance Head. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Those are the only names I remember. And we were the, we were the lineup. We were the fresh faces or new faces, whatever. They, I think it's fresh faces. Fresh faces sounds right, doesn't it? It had to have been like 2015 or something. 2014. It was a long time ago. And Kylie was still in high school, and she came up to me, and she was with her mom, and her like she was shy, and like her mom made her come say hello and introduce herself to me, and she had this like sequin rodeo queen outfit on, and I was like, oh, I love this kid, whoever she is, and we have a picture. And she was like, I'm just trying to start in the, in the music industry and blah, blah, blah. So we were writing. I'm like, Kylie, do you remember your sequin dress? And your mom made you say hello to me. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. So I love her. She's the best. Yeah. One Night in Tulsa is probably one of my top jams. Oh, yeah. She's, a, she's so talented. She, it's effortless. I know. Much like you. Oh, well, I don't know. It takes a lot of effort these days. <laughs> I'm just talking about your ability. Well, thank you. New single out currently is Morning Person. It is. Let's talk about that. Morning Person. I love. So this is actually a song. I didn't write this song, um, so I can't take credit. But it's from a writer named Lacey Green, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, she's based out of Nashville. She's originally from, I want to say, like West Virginia or something Mountain like Mama. That. Yeah. And I used take to do. Me home country. Sorry. Right? No, for real. She's like a true blue country girl. Nice. And uh, I met her at the Bluebird Cafe. Uh, I sang with Erica Perry was playing, and we I sang with her, and we were at the Bluebird, and Lacey played that night, and this was moons ago, 2014 maybe. And so I've always written with her when I was in town and things like that. And she had sent me a bunch of songs for records the past couple of years. And this one came up on my shuffle. Whenever I go to like work on a new record, I always have like old demos and I just shuffle them again. Cause sometimes you listen to it and then it didn't hit you then, but it hit you later. You're in a different place. Yeah, totally. And this one they had written in 2015 and pitched to me and I was like, eh, whatever. And then I listened to it again this past year and was like, Oh, I do really like that song. It's super cool. And so that was what started this whole new project was, Morning Person was the song that I was like, this is going to be a Lacey Green vibe album because she's like the coolest songwriter. Just the way she story tells. I mean, she's really cool. And she's an artist herself as well. Um, and she's just. I am writing it down. See, look, on your pen and paper. <laughs> your old school. Legal pads. Why don't we get you a bigger legal pad? Do you just like the little size? Yeah, I'm a small legal pad guy. Okay. It's easier to have 30 of these versus 15 big ones. <laughs> 
Now, we won't talk about going into my office to see the 15 to 30 legal pads that are in there with writing on it. Stop it. This is good, but that's good. That's your way. I'm traditional. I love it. I write everything down. My dad has composition notebooks. Literally, the composition notebook. Like dad. Come on. No, mine's legal pads, but I also use the notes in my my phone and all that. I just write stuff down. I would write it down, but then I would lose it. So, I no, I don't. I keep it all. That's so good. So, so organized. No, I'm not. I'm an organized mess. <laughs> organized chaos, isn't that the term? There you go. Yeah, organized, organized chaos. chaos. So we're gonna do something a little different. Uh, I'm gonna play the new single. Yay! Good because my me playing it live would be really interesting. It would be. We are gonna we are gonna hear a song from you live today, but. I'm going to hold you to it. I know. I'm going to hold you to it, but we're going to go ahead and play Morning (laughs) Person, the new single right now. Like a cheap motel where the swimming pool's green. Some nights I'll settle for less than the final. Where the coffee's burned But you're filling your cup Cause you need the caffeine, honey Ain't that a picture of us? You can't help that we are Who we are Best of intentions Secondhand hearts It's easy to
like a cheap motel I'll settle for less finer That is a fantastic tune. Thank you. Like, I really dig that. That's it's very different. I'm going to say different, yes. But a lot of what I've talked about on this program in the, uh, and I never tell when this episode's coming out because I never know. Right. I throw a bunch of them to Canon and just whenever it works out good. And the whole idea behind the show was to, I'm not just this particular lane of music or that. It's just good independent music. Mm-hmm. And that one is, it's a good story song. It's a good. It's just a good vibe. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, totally. I mean, that's that's the thing. If you really listen to the lyrics, I mean, she's going back to this guy she doesn't need to be going back to yes. over and over again. But when you hear it, that's not really what you're focusing you, on. No. And so that's what I love about it. It's super visual, too. Like the first line with the, you know, cheap motel where the swimming pool's green. Like, you know exactly what that is. Oh, yeah. You know. I have a very specific... Uh, hotel, motel, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Hotel, motel. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, motel. <laughs> Hello, motel. But uh, it's it's a good vibe song, but it's honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing is because it's somebody. It, it's I'm sure there's a lot of embellishment embellishment in it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going back to a guy she shouldn't be going back to, but it's that feeling of I know it. Yeah. But I'm still doing We've it. We've all been there. And that's the thing. Like people think people expect like after you get married and after, like you have a baby, like that's all you're going to write about. And that's all you're going to want to relate to. It's like, well, no, I had a life before and everybody's been that person. Everyone. And is. I know that girl right now too. You know, she's my girlfriend who's still single and she just, you know, is still with this guy or maybe she's not with the guy or whatever the case is. I'm like, we all know her and we've been her. We know her and it's still super relatable, even though it might not be like your current life moment. If if anybody says they've never been that person, they're lying to themselves. Oh, I know people get so prude about stuff like that. I'm like, whatever. Everybody. Everybody. I'm sure my parents are going to listen to this later. Be like, Adrian, that's not appropriate. But it's an off mic conversation, so we can say those kind of things. Or I'll be like, Aaron, take that part. <laughs> Let's make no. a check mark. I know he's like, I'm already making notes. Already making notes, but we're going to leave it in. No, but it's true. And it's, I th- think it, to me, was the first start of the new, I don't want to say like a new music vibe. Like that was not the goal. It was, I really wanted relatable stuff that hit me to my core. And that I just really enjoyed. And I listened to over and over again. And I listened to the demo that Lacey sent me of that song over and over and over again. But isn't that musical maturity? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have to grow. You have to grow. You have to, you have to, you don't want to reproduce the same mm-hmm. vibe and feel and mm-hmm. the same sound every single time. No. Now it works for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this conversation with another artist about it. Uh, when I listen to a Chris Knight album, you I know it's a Chris Knight. I album. know it's a Chris Knight album because of the general feel. Now, does he take liberties and grow in each album? Absolutely, mm-hmm. he does. But that's also being that's one example, right? I know when I listen to Chris Knight, I know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. I know when I listen to Stevie Nicks, mm-hmm. what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I enjoy an artist that I can listen to that is going to evolve, that is going to grow, that their sound is going to 
make that little snake pattern. I'm using my hands on a podcast, <laughs> making that little snake pattern to where you're going to go over here and touch on this subject. And then you're going to come over here, mm-hmm. but you're going to continue to elevate your musical acumen as mm-hmm. you're going to, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Does it make sense? <laughs> I'm going with you though. I was on the snake trail. Okay, good. Yes. And so I think for you being able to see that growth over the years, mm-hmm. not that you were ever in a bad place starting with, I'm never going to say that. I think you had a very solid career right when you started. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was just, I would say it was, it was green. Um, and so, it was, you know, it was safe. Okay. I'll and go with that. I'll agree with you. I that. feel like now that I've had two records under my belt, this would be technically a third with X amount of singles and all these things. It's like I laid a, I don't want to say a safe foundation foundation, but I have a foundation where it's like, you know who I am yeah. at this rate. If you're a fan, you know who I am and what I stand for. And you know more about me than just my musical side as well. So you know that, you know, if I were to release something that's totally new and and there's a reason why, and they right. followed that journey. Well, it's because you've been a pretty open and social person on the medias and the web. I love, I love Instagram. People really rag on it, and I, like I just, the gram. I love the gram. It's pretty. We get to see things and at people's everyday lives. You people are meant for people connection, mm-hmm. and if you can't have that in person, why can't you have that online? Don't get on there and be like, hi, I didn't that. I can't stand. But if you're getting on there and you're genuinely talking to girlfriends, like I'll post something and ask a question. I'm genuinely wanting feedback for something. Yeah. And I mean, guys, girls, whoever, I mean, let's be honest, it's mostly girls that are on the gram that interact with me. But I mean, it's social interaction. It's human to human contact in a different way. And, and it's pretty. <laughs> it is. There's, there's, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. We are in a part of society now where everybody, for the most part, has some type of social media account. Right. It's almost ingrained in our everyday lives. There's not going to be a point in your day where you're not going to check the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, the mm-hmm. Snap, the Tick, whatever it yeah, is. TikTok is addicting. Careful. I don't do the TikTok. Oh, don't start. You can't stop. I do the clubhouse. What's the clubhouse? So imagine it's totally different than what you would expect it to be. It's chat rooms, but you're actually talking like voice memos. You're in, think about a, a audio zoom. That sounds cluttered. So you have a stage, you have a host. Okay. Then you have moderators. Oh, and then you have people to be called to the stage to talk. Oh, so you can't all just like, I mean, you can, but the moderator should be going mute, 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 mute. And you get in a chat based off of the topic. Yeah. Oh, never heard of this. It was really good right when pandemic started. Oh, I'm sure it was like the best pastime. Yeah. It'd be like me and Charlie Stout, Thomas Mooney, um, Kim Bryan, Rita, Oh my god! Oh, put Rita in a chat room. Say no more. I mean, uh, I miss her like trash blog, like when she would just trash raw hot and velvet. Yes. Oh, that was the greatest Man, thing. Man, she. Oh, she's my favorite person. What was it? The flying guitar of the day or whatever tattoo? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was good. She. Oh, that good lady. I love her. We used to go back and forth quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We had fun with it mm-hmm. back, back when I was doing the music journalism thing, pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. Her and I would go back and forth quite a bit, and uh, those were the days. Right? Do you feel like it's so different now? Like. 10 years ago when we were all like 
starting in this industry and I use air quotes because we weren't, we've all been doing this forever, but I feel like new artists nowadays don't know. No, it's it totally was. different. It's totally different. It was a lot smaller back then. It was a lot smaller. And I mean like tenfold smaller. Mm-hmm. And we actually knew each other. Everybody knew. We were pulled up on stage. This is something, mm, this is kind of a pet peeve. I probably shouldn't say it a lot, but I'm going to. You were pulled up on stage because you genuinely knew your friend's songs and you wanted to sing with them. Not because, oh, I want to be seen on stage with so-and-so and and I've been practicing these harmonies in my car for 10 years and that's how I'm going to make it big. Like That drives me insane now. People come to shows, they ask to be backstage because they're a new artist and they want to be seen on Snapchat singing background vocals for blah, blah, blah. When it used, because they've seen all of us do it and we genuinely are jumping up because that's our friend and we were invited and it's just, I don't know why that like really, really bothers me. <laughs> you know, and it's, it could be just a misconception. Probably. Maybe I'm just being a little too. No, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that the idea is opinion. <laughs> no, you're, you are 100% entitled to feel how you want to feel. I, and it could just be like a handful of people that do it that annoy me, but it just, now I think everybody's annoying. It is comes with age. Wait till you hit 40s, Miss Adrian, and oh you realize that, that people in general are annoying. <laughs> and I don't mean that people in a right. group, persons, I like. Does that make sense? Yes, no. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was a different world back then. We weren't as visualized at every moment of our life 10 years ago. Mm. Yes, the social medias existed, but everything we did wasn't visualized. True. I would be backstage with a handful of people and we would be having genuine conversations right. catching up. Right. And there wasn't phones out and there wasn't No. You might do a picture or two. Right. But it wasn't recording everything that was going on every minute live streamed. Mm-hmm. We were just chilling. Yeah. Um now it's backstage because I'm gonna be backstage so I can put it on Instagram so I can show I was backstage. Like it's like the intent behind it is not genuine. It's like it's like the girls in college that were the cleat chasers with the football people. Remember them? Uh-huh. They were the cleat chasers and they were only at the parties because they were chasing the cleat guys. And you're like, you're not here to have fun at the party. You're here to be with the quarterback. Like those are the people that are backstage now that drive me insane. Can we kick them out? How do we, who's, who's checking the door? <laughs> Let me be the doorman for one night. <laughs> I'll be so like, he- your crop top is not allowed back here. <laughs> so here's the thing. That has always existed. It has. It truly has always existed. Ugh. It has. has it? I'm just now I'm annoyed by it. Uh, yeah. The groupies bother me now. <laughs> There's always been. Did you not watch Almost Famous, the groupies? I know. That's a great movie, though. That's a brilliant movie. They're like good groupies. They were the band-aids. They were like the drug. Yeah, they were the band-aids. That's, That's what she God, said. We're the band-aids. We're the band-aids. I forgot about that. I need and to watch that movie. You need to watch that movie again. You know what else you need to watch after you've seen that? Hmm. Elizabeth Town. Oh, I remember that one. One of my top five favorite movies of all time. I forgot about That's a good one. Yeah, it is. I love watching older movies. Exit 60B. Mm, I don't know that one. That's where. That's what she tells him. He needs to go to the exit 60B and he oh, wait, misses that's it. That's right. And then he misses it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then he finds it at the end of the movie. How do you remember all this stuff? Uh, sponge brain. Aaron. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's why I'm decent at doing this is I can I'm, remember random stuff. I would be a horrible host. I'd be like, so today I had breakfast. <laughs> I did not have breakfast today and I'm kind of upset. Oh no. I've had, eaten five times today. It's cool though. It's fine. Because you're eating for two. 
Yeah, that's what they tell me. You're eating for two. But I'm I've lost weight. That's this is what's really weird about pregnancy. You're eating, but I'm also like on a super strict diet because I have a gallbladder thing. But I ha I'm just like losing weight. I'm like I thought I was supposed to get like Jessica Simpson fat and just like eat everything and more. What this is this I've is never heard Jessica Simpson fat. I like that term. Bless her heart. She looks fabulous, but she gets real big when she's pregnant. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, get it, sister. I, that was the plan. That was where I was going. <laughs> At pregnancy, you should eat whatever you can and want. I know. What's the weirdest craving you've had? Mm, mm, Please I tell me it was pickles and ice cream. No, ugh, no. Mm -mm. But I do. I will get on some ice cream like every day if I can. What flavor? Chocolate. Are you just straight chocolate? Straight chocolate. Anything chocolate. <laughs> oh, it didn't just have to be bluebell. It's whatever. Bluebell, that gelato kind that oh. comes. Um, it's not called gelato, but it's like I know what you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking about in the clear ones. I mean, you name it. But I can't have a lot of anything. I'm like on a like a grilled chicken and salad diet. I'm sorry. That's what really stinks about it. I'm very sorry because that sounds miserable. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I like grilled chicken and salad though. Mm, yeah, but not as much as I like serious pizza. Oh my gosh, that—that's what's making me hungry. As we keep talking about serious pizza, that stuff is amazing. I cannot wait for a pizza. I will tell you at some point I will schedule a tattoo at Deep Elm or Elm Street tattoo with Oliver Peck. Which, by the way, he's on an eighteen month out. No way. Oh yeah, and it's three hundred an hour minimum <gasps> three hours. Three wait time out. Someone mm -hmm. is getting paid three hundred dollars an hour to tattoo your body. Yeah, with a three hour minimum. Mm -hmm. So that's ridiculous. I'm going to pay it. And you're, <laughs> you're the reason why he's in business. <laughs> and I'm the reason why he's in business. Kat Von D's the same way. Most of your top tier tattoo artists are about 300 an hour. Oh my God. Kat Von D, Chris Nunez. Really? All of them are like, they're like 300 an hour. So Mommy do James. they also design it or do you bring them what you it want? Just and they just So for 300 an hour, I expect them to like create it and make it a masterpiece. So uh, when we were at Mile, Mile Zero Fest this year, I went to somewhere. Went to go get a tattoo at uh, with uh, Mia. Forgot her last name. <laughs> Mia. At, uh, anyway, she's like big time tattoo artist. Okay. And she had an idea of what she wanted. Mia did it. I wasn't planning on getting a tattoo, but what like thing? you with ice cream right now is me new tattoos. me and tattoos. I hear the needles. And you can't not. I'm addicted. Stop it. it like it happens. They say they're addicting. Oh no, no. It's 100% addicting for me. Um, it's not the pain thing. Like I'm not a pain chaser junkie. Or it's just something about getting a tattoo is relaxing to me. Something about the shop, something about. Really? So getting with a needle is relaxing. I mean, it hurts. Don't I don't have a tattoo, so I really don't understand this. I've got a lot. So <laughs> most people, the thing about it is, is I tell people I got a lot of tattoos. Like, no, you don't. I'm like, well, that's because well, they're all hidden. They're all kind of covered, except for the one that I have now that I got from Shane's Munda down there. And I said, Hemingway is my big time writing idol and everything. Right. And he had the house. So we did the tour down there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I want a quill pen and his signature. Cool. So he designed it, went in and got it. Yeah, that's cool. I'll show you afterwards. It's down here on my ankle. But like, I like when they're meaningful, not just like spring break, 1999. I got a dream stamp. So while we were in there, <laughs> because uh, it's right there on Duval Street. Yes. Uh, have you been to Key West before? I have it, but my mom was born there, so I feel like I have been there. You need to go. I know. I we've been trying to go to Mile Zero Fest, and I keep things keep happening. I like got knocked up and stuff. I don't know. 
you got a baby on the way, and the next Mile Zero Fest, Fest will be happening at the end of January 2022. I know. It might be my first mom's night out, and it you... might be very dangerous for all parties. Have you seen who's headlining? No, who? Bingham. Oh, gosh. Oh, say no more. I will tell you. I will snap back for Bingham. I will, I will tell you right now. <laughs> I've been to a lot of festivals in my, my day. Yeah. I've been to a lot of like. Just a few. Just a few hundred. Best one ever. Mile zero, hands down. There's Everybody nothing. Everybody swears by it, and I hate nothing. that I haven't been. I mean, I love LJT because of what LJT stands for. Right. Outlaws and Legends in Abilene, Cotton Fest, right. all those. None of them are bad. I'm not going to be the no, guy who's ever going to knock no. one. But the festival is a good time. Mile Zero Fest is the best. Is the best. Oh, even over Steamboat. Oh, man. The reason we didn't go the first year is because we had just gotten back from Steamboat. And y'all, I got so I get so sick every year after Steamboat, mm-hmm. like deathly, like what I would think COVID would be like. I am like down for the count. And we could, I just couldn't recover to go that first year. And then was it year two got canceled because of COVID or was that year three? Year three. So year two, I don't know what my excuse was. Maybe that was when I was sick. I don't know. And then year three was COVID. And then this past year, we still weren't really traveling yet. And then found out, you know, we were having a baby. Yeah. It was in the end of April, first of May, May when we went this year. And it was telling you. There oh, that's right. Because it was later this year yeah. than normal. That's why. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. normally the end of January, but. Yeah. It's like right at the end of January, first of February. Mm-hmm. Like right after Steamboat. They've, they've got to pace these a little bit better. Because if you go to all the festivals that hard, if you go to Steamboat and then you go to Mile Zero and then you go to LJT, like you are dead. Well, you even got to think in between uh, Mile Zero it, when it's normally scheduled and LJT is at Laws and Legends in Abilene. Oh my gosh, that's right. It right is because that's right. It's in March, right? Yep. Normally. And then LJT is April. Cotton Fest is in May. Oh my God. Then you got the Bowen. Oh my God, I can't. Yeah, he's in June. He's in June. Isn't it funny? We know all these dates like around right the top of our heads. Because you go to them all the time. I know. But I will tell you, hands down, the entire experience. Mile zero. Start to finish. Because it's at so many different venues in the town. Mm-hmm. And the food is so phenomenal there. Yes. It's like such a good seafood town. Oh. Mm. First time I'd ever had uh, Fresh Cut Grouper was there. Mm. Done. I'm a seafood junkie. I love seafood. Are you a raw oyster guy? I am, but my wife is not. She's not a she's not a sushi oh. person either. No. I am all the things seafood. What about like the Rockefeller style where they're like baked and like charboiled on the grill? No. Too too sluggy. She it's yep. a texture thing. Texture. It's a texture yeah. thing. And it, it, it I get you it. You either love them or you hate them. Yeah. I mean it's the same. It's it's that that way with a lot of foods. It's either you love it or you hate it. And mm-hmm. I love it. But mm. The way it's set up, it's so like you've got some beachside shows mm-hmm. down by Southernmost where the Southernmost buoy is at, mm-hmm. and then you'll have some shows over there, and then you got some shows at this venue and shows at this venue, mm-hmm. and then everybody comes together in the amphitheater at sunset. Oh, I love that. And then you'll have like the opener every night. It's, it's still pretty warm because the sun's still right. up, but as the sun's setting, you start getting in the middle of the lineup. That's so good. And it's just, let's party. Let's party. Let's get it on. Oh. And everybody's on golf carts. I love it. See, and that's safe. Safety first. Um, Drunk golf cart driving is very safe. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and then after it's over, because they have a uh, noise ordinance, because it's the amphitheaters like in a oh, neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So then everybody just goes to Duval Street and parties throws down. I love it. In Duval Street for partying is where it's, it's at. crazy. It's where it's at. There's a reason why the gays always have such great parties down there. Uh-huh. They know they know where the good spots are. If you want a good party, 
go to where the gays go. Key West, mm-hmm. Palm Springs. Yep. I mean, Uptown Dallas, even though not like the douchey side. Like no, I'm telling you. Yeah, Gaberhood. I mean, they've got some great party spots. Excellent. Yeah. They I, do it up. They do. What part of Dallas is that? Is that Cedar Springs? Cedar Springs and Oakland, right Oakland. where my condo was. I had literally could not park on Halloween. I'm sure you could. Because it was closed down. And then whenever they had gay pride parade, Wayne got so mad one time because he had to pay $40 to park next to my condo and then had to walk by behind all these guys with fairy wings and glitter. And he was so mad. He's like, I had to pay $40 to park where we live to watch all these guys in fairy wings. I'm like, well, put some fairy wings on it. It'll be fine. Be cool. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't mind you pay. I'm just saying the street parking in Dallas gets a little ridiculous at times. And it's pretty bad. <laughs> we uh, we were smart. We we parked at the hotel and we Ubered over to see uh, Atlanta. Said, uh, mm. and there's, yeah, there's you have go- to Uber. You have to Uber, and which that's a train wreck in itself. Is trying to get in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Our first our Uber ride there, we oh he was able to pull right into uh, the gate, drop us off, and circle out. But waiting for the Uber, we ended up leaving the Uber area and walking like down the road to meet our Uber. Did driver. you really? Yeah, because it was just a it's, train wreck. Like pick up here. Well, it's they have a designated pickup area at each mm-hmm. one of the gates. Well, the problem was is you'd see the Uber people pull in, and everybody was so drunk they didn't know which Uber they were in. <laughs> and so all these Uber drivers are sitting here with their flashing lights on and they're waving their arms, and everyone's like, "Ah, are you on a camera?" It was great, man. Is your name Brooke? Brock? Who's Brock? Who's Brock? They need like those little signs in the windshields, like kindergarten pickup. I feel like that's oh. how you should treat drunk people with Ubers. You probably should. You know where you would just put the laminated piece of paper on your dash? <laughs> I think you're onto something. <laughs> you could just write it. If it was a laminated piece of paper, you could just write with Expo the name of the person you're picking up. They still wouldn't see it. And then wipe it. it. You still wouldn't see it. I know, but you'd think drunk people in kindergarten nurse, that's about the same like IQ level. It's very similar to the same IQ. Well, I think kindergartners are probably smarter than some drunk people. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> There's no fireball in me. I don't know what's going on. Uh-uh. Oh, and I am man. not coloring either. <laughs> I miss wine. I'm sure you do. What was your, you You were a huge wine person. I'm I always a knew huge about- wino. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, it's fine. It could be bad. It's fine. I just miss it. How many songs did you sing about wine? All of them. <laughs> I think there's a wine reference in probably like at least 50 to 60% okay. of my so, songs. Right now I'm sitting here pulling it up right now. Let's see. That's funny. Rather have wine than dinner. Oh, what was the name of that song? Rather that, have you. Rather have you. Yeah. And then it takes time. Sun's coming up, we can see grapes on the vine. Maybe by something, we'll both be drinking that wine. I obviously don't know my my lyrics, but there's another wine reference. Do you reference wine in Honky Tonk Wife? I don't think I reference booze in Honky Tonk Wife. No, I don't think so. Erica Perry was the main writer on that one. She's usually, she's not a wino. Adult beverages. Well, there you go. That one's got all the references. Beer don't lie. Beer don't lie. No wine references, but beer. But when we sing it live, sometimes we do wine instead. Okay. I'm with you now. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay. So you promote the wine. Yeah. What's your favorite winery to go to? Wine touring? Oh, I'll tour any wine place. But, what's, but what's my favorite? favorite wine is Silver Oak. Silver Oak. Yeah. It's super expensive. Okay. Well, so we don't, don't drink know. it very often. Well, then I don't know it if it's so, super expensive. And that's like a Napa wine. Okay. Um. Marillion did this thing called Mercury Head right now, which is also, see, Texas wines, no offense, Texas, but you make some shitty wine. There is, but have you ever had Great Creek Bellissimo? No, I have not had that. 
Write that down. Grape. Grape. Creek. Bellissimo. Okay. I think I'm putting it in my notes. You need to. Grape Creek. In the Bellissimo. It's really hard for me to say for some reason. Grape Creek. Wines. Grape Creek. Where is it made out of? Fredericksburg? Fredericksburg. Belli- Wait, what did you say? Bellissimo. Bellissimo. You're going to have to spell Bellissimo. That. See, they're trying to be Italian, but they're they're Texan. Bellissimo just means I love it. Bellissimo. Hmm. Uh, so that's like a Fredericksburg wine. Mm-hmm. See, there's several of those that I didn't like. Like Los Pinos wines. Like some of them are okay. Some of them like, not so much. Um, there's a winery out by us that I will leave unnamed and their wine tastes like dirt. Um, <laughs> I'm a wine snob though. Too, no, that's okay. Being is, a wine snob is good. Do you like fruit wines? No, I don't like fruity. I like dry. I like full bodied. You're, you're dry, full bodied. So you're not a fruit wine. I was going to say, because mm-hmm. the fruit wine in Granberry, um, I can't remember the name of that. Dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. They're really good. No, I can appreciate it. I can have like a sip or a glass of it. They have a zebra blush that's really good. Zebra blush. See, I don't like blushes normally. But this I'm like one, a Chardonnay or like a buttery Chardonnay La Crema. Mm. Okay. Mm. Cold La Crema. Don't even. Okay, I'm with you. I like a little bit of reds now and then. Yeah. I'm not a big wine guy. Mayomi. Never had They're it. now mass produced. So sometimes you get a great bottle, sometimes you don't. But Mayomi, it's like, like I don't know, 18 bucks a bottle. Like it's not That's stupid. Not bad at all. It's not bad at all. And it's really good. It used to be really expensive. Uh, what was the one mass produced one that I really liked that Steve Helms' wife always drank? Rodney Strong. Oh, first off, I love Steve Helms' wife. I love Stephanie. Stephanie's the mom. She's the best. Um, her and I, I think, have similar palettes. Okay, because she she uh, she had a bottle one time of one, and she was like, "This is a mash produced one, but I think you'll like it." And yeah, it was Josh good. Josh wine is pretty good. Josh wine is pretty good. Um, Nineteen crimes. Nineteen crimes. I have a bottle that up on the shelf. Okay, right now. those are pretty good. Those are decent. Um, what was the other one? Rose all day. I can rose all day. Give me some Prosecco. Man, right oh, that's now, her. I just want all the things. <laughs> She's a Prosecco. Well, you can't have them right now, ma'am. Dude, technically you can. Don't. But I don't. Stop. I, no, I don't. I Honestly, it doesn't taste good to me. Like, my palate's so off It's right changed now. because mm-hmm. you got the baby on the way. Like, I'll have, like, a sip of a glass. And I'm like, ugh. You know what else is really good? Mm. Mead. Mead? Mm-hmm. M-E-A-D. A-D-E? Oh, just D. Not not like Austin Mead. I know. I'm like, Austin Mead has a wine. Austin Mead has his own wine. If I don't have a wine, he can't have a wine. Parker McCollum's wine. Have y'all had his wine? Parker McCollum has a wine. Oh my gosh. I know something you don't know. He has a wine and he also designed the box and it looks like a Louis Vuitton. It's like a P and a C, but it's like a Louis Vuitton print. It's super bougie. It's super Parker. Hold on. Parker McCollum has a wine. Yes. It's to be loved by you or something. Yes. I did not know this. Yes. And my husband ordered way too much of it. It's very overpriced. Parker, you need to work on your wine prices. Hold, please. Sounds like your your wine game's up there. Well, I need Parker to know that my palate. See, new wine, probably wrong, available now on my website. Cheers. Yeah. He's his own wine. And it you can buy it in a gift set with wine glasses. Oh, damn. So instead of just buying a bottle, my husband bought gift boxes of them. <laughs> so like, and then he's been drinking it in front of me. So I'm like, I can't even partake. This is the greatest thing ever. This is so mean. Parker McCollum wine. Parker McCollum has a wine, not a whiskey, a wine. That fits him though. It does. I think it fits. I mean, R.E.K. had a beer for a long time. True. Steve Helms had a beer. George Strait has a tequila. George Strait has a tequila. Gotta go. 
Isn't that the name of Gotta Go? I, I no, no, no. It's it's a reposado though. I do oh, no, no, hold on. know that, which is. Anyway, I'll think of it here in a second. But uh, I need a wine. You know what I did one time for "Rather Have You" the song. I took. This is so bad that I should probably not say it, but I took Trader Joe's two buck check, and I and I soaked all the labels off of yes. it. And then I had rather have wine than dinner wine labels made off of Etsy. And I put them on bottles of wine and I handed them out at radio tour. No, that is brilliant. So I'm glad you brought that up. People thought I had my own wine. Radio tour. I'm not going to, I don't want to say gags. I want to say a bit. It's, it's what you do. Some of the most Mm -hmm. creative things come up. The wine. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. Charla did the can of corn. Charla did do corn. She's so cute. And that, how can you not? Your name's corn. That was the greatest. That was one of the top ones. My favorite yeah. one ever was Josh Greider. What did, did he do? Flour tortillas for one night taco stand. No, he didn't. And his mailer. Oh my God. He's so funny. He and Matt Cobble are both like really funny people. Uh, two of my favorite people. They're hysterical. I got like a, dry funny. I, I've got a Matt Caldwell story. I'll tell you. Off, 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 my, off. Oh gosh. I just uh, saw him recently. He's it's, it's been a couple of years ago, but he played here in town and, uh, yeah. Oh, I want to hear this one. Tell you later. He's a hoot. Uh, it was a good one. Um, so we were talking, so I, I get what you're, you're Wait, on. Did Charla mail her corn cans? Cause how much did that cost? I just brought it to them. I'm sure. I don't know if she mailed them or not. I don't think she did. And I think it was the mini corn cans. Little baby corns. You know, you know, you get the little, like, yeah. the, the, the third size ones. That was a long time ago. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. I've gotten some creative. Colton Moore did coffee mugs one time. He mailed coffee mugs? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I got, I don't remember which. That's expensive. I got, one of the mailers I got from Colton Moore had the one sheet, the CD, and a coffee mug. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Um... That's a that's a good one. That was a really good one. That's an expensive <laughs> I, mailer. In fact, when we recorded the show, I went and dug out the coffee mug and drank out of it. <gasps> Did you really? Mm-hmm. I love it. He loved it. He was like, I can't even believe you still have one. That's of those. the one thing that like just always ate into the budget was what mailer are you going to do? I'm like, I would rather spend five hundred dollars on gas and go meet them in person mm-hmm. than spend five hundred dollars to mail them. I got a lot of mailers that didn't make sense sometimes. Well, because yeah, a lot of that's a hard concept for a lot of people. Um, like somebody would just like send me some stuff. You know, I was used to the. I'm a physical album guy, so mm-hmm. if anytime yeah, you want the record, I want the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not saying don't mail me all your your merch. You need that money. No, don't mail merch. I would no, get no. stickers and T-shirts no, all no, the no, time. No, no, no. It's because that's all they had. I bet. Maybe. It's probably the same people that jump up and want to sing background vocals that shows. I do. I do have a lot of koozies. Yeah. Koozies. Fact, people I, love koozies. I have so many koozies that you would be astonished how many koozies I have. And they're not repeats. No. Three suitcases full. You keep them all. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Three. When are you ever going to have a kegger that big that you could use them all? Uh, uh, Summer did a photo shoot one time. <laughs> Summer did a photo shoot one She's time. Over here rolling her eyes. She, she did a photo shoot for an artist one time, and part of the gag was the artist was walking down the road with a guitar slung over their back, carrying one of the suitcases. And as she's snapping, I run up and I open it, and so all the and merch. All of them. <laughs> I mean, we had a koozie clean out. I was like, this is ridiculous. About every three years, I have to do a t shirt and koozie clean out. Yeah. Um, and I get rid of a bunch and then Summer will realize how many more I still have. Then you're really busted. (laughs) 
And it's not like I'm like trying to hoard them. I no. just, I get them. And you I, just get so many. I get so many. And I, and I will buy, when I go to shows, I, don't give me merch. I'm going to buy merch from you because that's your livelihood. That's, that's so nice of you. That's what I do. Um, now, if you happen to show up with a shirt or something cool, yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to tell you no, but right. I am going to go on your website. I'm going to buy something. I'm going to buy an LP. Right. I'm going to do whatever. But then I will go and I will buy like five koozies at your show. Oh and I'm like, why do I need five? I don't need five, but maybe I would see like if you buy a bunch of koozies at a show, then you hand them out to other people. I do that too. There you go. You're just like getting them for the crowd. My my guilty pleasure is I'm going to buy the vinyl. Yeah. God. I want to do a vinyl so bad. They're again so expensive. They to, are expensive to press. To press, yeah. Uh, but vinyl's the way to go. I bought all of Will's collection on vinyl this year. Did you? Mm-hmm. So good. Listen to all of it. Mm, it just, just sounds different. Just got uh, Bauman's Proving Ground. Oh, did you really? I'm about to sneeze everywhere. It's fine. There's tissues right beside you. Oh, well, now I'm not. Now that I know where the tissues are. There's tissues, hand sanitizer. I was just going to sneeze in my dress. That's literally what I was about to do. That's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> we kicked completely off where I was going with the I don't even the know meme. what we were talking about. So originally I was. We were talking about wine and now we're sneezing. Wines and sneezing. And cozies. I'd rather have. Sneezing. than wine. Uh, mead. Honey wine. Really? Oh. oh. Made from honey. Not, not great. Um, is it Caitlin and Clados? No, though, this is like an actual thing. It's really called honey wine? Yeah. Honeyed, honey flavored wine? Sounds. It's the base is honey. What? So is it thick? No. I'm telling you. Well, I, I'm, I'm I, very I, confused. <laughs> it's a type of drink, and it's been around for hundreds and hundreds oh, so of it, years. Why do I not know what this is? Anyway, they do like beers, and it's it's a mead. It's... Anyway, we, so mead is what it, like what it is. It's it's a mead, and the honey is the base. And so we were at oh. this place down in Lagrange, mm-hmm. and they have bees there, and they make the, the the honey wine from it. And there's all these different flavors, and it's like supposed to be one of the best meads in the country. Really? And I'm gonna look it up when we get off air. And I ended up buying a big jar of local honey from them, and then we did like all the the samples of it, and I found like four or five of them that are like rated at ACL, like top drinks and things like no that. Way. And, uh, yeah. And it was, I just thought honey wine was like wine flavored, like honey. I didn't realize there was a honey wine. There is. Hmm. It's interesting. Interesting. But so we can get another song in here because we're getting close to the end here. I'm going to go ahead and play. I don't even know how long we've been talking. <laughs> An hour and 19 minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Goes by so fast, doesn't it? I know. That's what happens when you put me in a hole for 18 months. That's what happens. And she's back. So we're going to go ahead and listen to another one of your singles real quick because we are doing this a little different. And okay. since we did talk about Rather Have You, I know that's throwing it way back, but let's throw it way back for a throw little bit. Throw it. Um, first time I heard you play that song was at LJT before you released it. Oh, was it a Campfire Jam? It was a Campfire Jam. I probably didn't play it very good. No, you did great. And <laughs> it was really cold. We was were it? we were down in, uh, in the it's when we moved from in the back uh-huh. up to the front and I had the campfire jam up on the top of the hill and it was, remember that year it was raining really bad and we had the huge TV oh above my gosh, us yes and, was uh, that when we were on the flatbed yes yes um and I want to say that night it was you Cleto Caitlin Dalton yes Josh I do remember yes. You had and to borrow a sweater. Caitlin and Cleto were like, they had their backpacks on. They were like backpacking through they were. LJT. Like they had nowhere to sleep and they were just like backpacking. Yes. I remember that. 
Yes. And you had to borrow a sweater because you showed up in like a really tiny shirt and it was like oh, stupid sure. windy and cold. And you're like, and I need a sweater. I'm freezing. I'm freezing, guys. Anyway, that was the first time I heard Rather Have You, so we're going to play it right now. Oh. Rather have you. Yeah, that was a good one. Oldie but a goodie. That was oh. What's so funny about that is like I went into a writing session and I was like, I have this really uh I was playing voice memos on my phone and I was writing with Zach Malloy that day. And um it was like this really horrible voice memo of like, rather have one than dinner. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed it even played. He's like, Hold on, that's kind of a cool concept. I was like, 
what is what about that is cool he's like no like the yin and the yang like what you're supposed to have and what you're not supposed to have and he was like apparently he really like clung to it and that's how that song came out and then I, we wrote it which is funny before I met my husband but it's like a perfect anthem for him because like the first line is you know uh I don't even know what the first line is anymore something about boots yes. ain't no country club in your roots well and then I met him like Six months later. Six months later. Where'd y'all meet at? At a show, actually, which is funny because I don't normally meet people at shows. Like, I don't, that's not like where you pick up guys. But I had played at the merch booth. Yeah, right. At the merch, like, hey. And I had actually played a show. Sarah Hobbs got stuck in Nashville. So we had all gone to Steamboat that year together, all the girls. And I had just gotten in a car wreck. And so I was like, if anybody has extra gigs, I've got to pay for my car to get fixed. Um, So, if anybody needs a sub or whatever. So she got stuck in Nashville said, Hey, there's this show in Ben Wheeler, Texas at the forge. Uh-huh. And you song swap. It was like a hundred bucks or something. It was like not even worth the gas money, but whatever. But it was still as a gig. It was a gig. And I needed, I needed 50 bucks. So whatever. And so she said, you're going to be swapping with an older guy and you go play it and do that for me. And I was like, okay, fine. So I get there. Well, this whole group is there for, to see Sarah and it's like her brother and all these people that she grew up with. Oh no. And she didn't tell everyone. And she didn't tell everybody. And they were celebrating this guy's birthday. Oh, who's Wayne, my husband now. And so his mom is there, sends me up a little piece of paper. Like, can you sing happy birthday to this guy? Whatever. And I was like, sure, whatever. Come on up. Like happy birthday. So I see him happy birthday. I was like, Oh, he's kind of cute. Like, hmm. and he goes, Oh, we're here to see Sarah. We all grew up with her. That's her brother, TJ. And I'm like, Oh, who are you? He goes, I'm TJ's roommate. That's my mom. It's my birthday, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all aren't like randos. And then ended up hanging up, hanging out with them that night. And then he started coming to um, Fort Worth DFW with TJ to come see me and Sarah. Cause we, we had a ton of shows together. Y'all like, right after together that. a lot. We have. And we, they started coming and they like every weekend, this guy would just show up at my shows. I'm like, who is this creeper guy? Like, okay, already. And we started hanging out and then he was like, can I take you to dinner? And apparently the oil field was not booming. So he was off a lot this year. And uh, next thing I know, it was a couple weeks later, we all were going to New Braunfels for, to float the river for Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And it was like me and Sarah and she's like, well, why don't we invite TJ and his girlfriend can come and my boyfriend will come and why don't like Wayne come because he can come with TJ uh-huh. and then like, cause we were all going to already go. Cupid so was floating around a little Cupid bit. Cupid was floating. And then our friend Lyndall went with us. And so we all went to the river and we all rented like a river house together or whatever. So this is funny. I don't know if you know this story. I don't know it. So Wayne and I, we, Josh was playing at Whitewater Amphitheater uh-huh. at the time. And so he was playing that night and Carly Pierce, that's right when she started yeah, yeah, yeah. gigging with him or whatever. And so her and I got to be really good friends um, during that time. And we were, why Wayne and I were the only ones at the Whitewater concert. I don't know where Sarah and everybody was. Not a clue. Couldn't tell you where everybody was. But Wayne and I were backstage hanging out, watching Josh and Carly play. And it had rained all day. And the show got called for lightning. So they ran off. We jump in the car and we're on our way back to the river house. Lindell's at like a house party or something. Actually, she was at the VTEX. Um, 
And so we swung by to get her and driving home. And that's when we actually got in our car wreck. Okay. I I know from this point forward. Yes. So then we get in our car wreck. And so we hydroplaned off of the, um, it was on river road. I'm pretty sure. I think it's like that really big. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And so we just hydroplaned into the river upside down. I was underwater. Wayne quite literally saved my life and pulled me out. And so we kind of laugh like, I met this guy at the show who then kind of almost killed me. And then saved your life. And then saved my life. I was like, I guess I should marry him. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great turn of great turn of events, Great turn of a a strange situation that turned out everything good. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, we were all fine I mean, we were pretty banged up and whatever, but yeah. So that's how I met him via Sarah. And now we all live in East Texas together. And the story, when are you going to continue? The story continues. When are you going to write a song about the car wreck? So I've actually written quite a few, but none that I feel like have really encapsulated how I feel about it. At first I wanted to write about it to like, kind of like, it was more of like an emotional therapeutic. Yeah. Super therapeutic. And then I didn't write about it for a long time. So it'd be something maybe I would. Okay. I do want to, I don't, I'd like you to share some of that with me sometime. Yeah, I will. I'll send you, if I can even find it, Lord knows where it is on my deep, dark demo depths of demos. <laughs> and you know, they just get buried. They do. And I'm like, I don't even know where half of them are. I'm the same way with, I'll go back and look for something I wrote five years ago. Yeah. That I want to rewrite on and then it's like, scroll, 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 yeah. scroll, scroll, scroll. Well, what's really sad too is my phone. This is, well, this was what, 2016. I don't know why, but like, I guess auto backup, like wasn't a thing. Like you still had to plug it in and make sure you're on Wi-Fi. and remember when your phone wouldn't back up. Yes. I lost so many so things after the, the wreck. Cause my phone, I lost several chapters of a book I'd been working on. No. So now I back up my phone to the cloud and my cloud to the, the, the <laughs> PC, my laptop backs up to my phone. It's, and now it's that I've continuum. got, a, now I've got an external over here that I back everything up to because I don't want to ever lose any of that stuff. I know it really is a pain. Right. It's sad how dependent we are on our phones, Oh yeah. but I'm the same way. I pay like 50 bucks a month. I'm sure. in like extra storage and data somewhere. <laughs> I do too. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> So you talk about the demos, you talk about those things, and I want to tell you first, thank you for coming and chatting with me. It's been a long time, yeah. and we got to catch up, and I've missed you. I know, I've missed y'all. It's been, it's this been good. feels normal. That's the whole idea of this. Yeah. So I started this, everyone would always ask me, hey, what do you guys talk about whenever you go to commercial break or you're backstage? Or mm-hmm. side side? So we talk about life, we play catch up, because we don't always get to see each other. Mm-hmm. It's when we cross paths, because to me, that's the off-mic conversation, is right. we're not putting on this show. Mm-hmm. this is the peek behind the curtain. This is that glimpse to what everybody wants to know is that human connection, the human interaction, because at the end of the day, everybody in this music business, they're no different than anyone else. I know we're just people, just normal. Everybody is day job, just a little different, right? <laughs> Your day job is just at night. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes so and you get it. You get to work a merch table. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that was the off mic conversation. What we've been doing, just random conversations. It's been so nice. And like I told you, I had all these questions. I know we haven't even looked at one of them. Uh, I have three stars, but stuff we already planned on talking about. <laughs> so it wasn't anything big. No. And it's unscripted. That's why I like doing this. It, it's better. It's more genuine. It is. I agree. Second half was off the record. And by off the record, I always would ask the guest to close with a song. And in your situation, it's going to be a little different because I know we've done two recorded songs. And we were <laughs> we had another one we planned on playing. But I think for the sake of where we're at in the situation, I'm not going to. 
Not going to play it. Yeah. I think, I think let's just say, let's save ourselves some, some heartache over that. I know. Right. But we can say that you have a new duet coming out with Josh Mm -hmm. Abbott for your new EP. Yeah. So yeah, we can totally say it. I mean, unless I hear otherwise later, but I've been working on a, a new record during not during COVID. It was kind of the end of COVID um, with Ken Tondre down in Austin. Um, And we had recorded about, I'd say four songs. And then every time I would go down there to do final vocals, to finish it up, I'd be like, what if we had this one more song? And then what about this one more song? And I really feel like we're missing something. And I, I threw out, I think I'm missing, I need a duet. Like I haven't had a strong duet since the one I did with Jordan Isaac. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that needs to happen. And it was kind of one of those, well, who, who would you do it with? Cause it's not like I've been touring with anybody recently. And I was like, you know what, Josh, and, Josh and I's wife, Taylor and I have become friends. And I, for some reason I was like, I don't know if Josh would do it. Probably not. I don't know. Sure enough. So I texted Taylor was like, Hey, I'm finishing a project. Do you think Josh would want to sing on it? She's like, I don't know. Text him. Like, why are you asking me? I was like, I don't know. Cause we're friends. <laughs> like I figured I would talk to you first. And uh, so organically it came about that. I mean, Josh and I have obviously known each other forever. Like the story we just told from 2016, like, yeah, it's, yeah, we've never worked together, but we've known each other and, uh, same circles. Yeah. Same circle. Of course. And he agreed. He was like, man, I would love to. And I said, I've got some ideas of songs that I've already started, but what if we were to write one from scratch? Like, would you be more interested in that? Cause he's a phenomenal songwriter. Very much so. He, that's where, I mean, he's phenomenal. And he has worked with Zach Malloy in the past. Zach wrote, um, until my voice goes out. He wrote most of the, um, front row seat record with him. Um, live it while you got it. Like, so he's worked with Zach a lot. Well, then Zach has produced produced my first two records, and I've written with Zach a ton too. He goes, "What if we bring Zach in on this?" I'm like, "Worlds collide. This is weird." So we did a Zoom write, the three of us, um, and then went down to Austin to record it just recently. And uh, and it actually it was one of those things where at first I was like, "I don't know, is this gonna work? Is, this, is are we forcing it? Are we forcing right. the song? Are we forcing it just because?" And we tweaked it enough that it was like, oh, this turned out really cool, actually. Yeah. This is cool. Um, so it, that'll be, that was kind of the last piece of the the next record project, which when it'll come out, I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> Should probably get a timeline. More to come. More to come. But yeah, Josh will be on it. I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited for new music too. Yes. It's time. It's time. It's been a minute. Been I mean, you've been releasing s- singles pretty steadily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A full project. A full project. Yeah. Cause I was even getting, you know, Facebook does all those like memory reminders and it was three, four years ago that it takes time came out the record. Has it been that long? Well, 2017. Yeah. Four years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we did that big party at Kessler. I yeah. did a big release party at Kessler. And then from there we released a couple singles and then I released honky tonk wife in January of 2019, right after we got married. Yep. And then, then that, that, that until morning person, that was it. Man. I know it doesn't seem like it's it been doesn't that seem long. like it's been that long. But I feel I'm like, God, I'm like, I'm blowing away with the wind. 
Isn't that horrible? It's terrible. I know. Terrible. So I was going to say, do you mind playing a song to close us out? I know. I'm trying to think of what. I was going to do an oldie but goodie, but then you played it. I'm just kidding. I did play an oldie but goodie, but you got a couple more. I know. I was even thinking it takes time would be good. This is the other thing. I haven't played in so long. I might have to take these off. You may have to. I just like flung them. It's fine. I'm going to slide that mic a little bit closer to you to keep doing what you're doing. Yes, please do. Look, we're going to just make this super off the mic-y. There you go. They can dangle. All right. Um, let's see. And that's perfect sounding, so you don't have to worry about Is touching the mic. Okay? That's great. Like, I don't even remember the last time I picked up a guitar. That's how long it's been. Well, that's good, then. It's funny. Okay, I know what I'll do. Okay, so there's a song, and I might not remember all the words, so nobody can judge anything about this moment. Nobody does. I wrote a song a hundred years ago called Things, and and I don't even remember like what prompted it, but basically it was the premise was all the things in life that we associate with memories of people we've lost, or you know, it was probably like right after my grandmother died. Like you don't really want your grandmother's pearls. You want the memory of wearing them with her. Yes. And you know, your grandpa's baseball cards. Like you don't really want the cards. You don't need a box of baseball cards, but you remember what you like looking through them with him. And so I recorded a version of this song with Bart Rose in Fort Worth. Um, because it was right at, like I had written it. And then all the, remember all those tornadoes that happened? Like, Right, at, like all through Rockwall. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But not the recent ones that no, tore no. up Dallas. This had to have been like 2015. It's 2014 or 2015. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And we went into the studio and recorded this. And then all the proceeds from the downloads we were donating. Well, I think we, I mean, maybe we had 17 downloads. Like if nothing happened with it. And it never made it on a record. It might be on iTunes. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, look it up. I don't even know if it is. And, uh, but it's always been one of those songs that I don't ever play it live. I don't. But I truly wrote it by myself and then took it to, you know, some writers to finish. There it is. Is it on there? Yeah. Well, that might be what you should play instead of this version, but. Nope. We're playing your version. He's like, no. Uh uh. Not letting you get off that easy. I know. I'm trying to think of it. Rangers baseball cards that Grandpa gave you. Rangers baseball cards that Grandpa gave you. Back in the summer when Nolan threw him out. That string of pearls from Mama on your birthday. Can only wear them on a special night That hand-me-down guitar you can barely play We'll probably never see the Broadway lights They're just things Life is full of little things Things we collect over time 
things We think we just can't do without But what matters most Ain't got a price It's the memories that we live It's the love that we all give It's that feeling, it's a moment You can't touch it, you can't hold it But where we're going It's nothing you can bring And they're just things See, this is the version of like What are the chords? I don't know, but we're all finding out together I love it tell you what the second verse is. This is a really bad version of it. I like the makeup version of it. Yeah, the made-up version. We'll just go back to the chorus. It's good. They're just things Life is full of little things Things that we collect over time Things We think we just can't Ain't got a prize It's the memories that we live It's the love that we all give It's that feeling, it's a moment You can't touch it, you can't hold it It's where we're going There's nothing you can bring And they're just things Yeah. There's your mini version of it. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> so when people go to look for you, we can't look up Adrian Johnston music. No. Um, I just typed in Adrian Johnston music and it came up a guy from England. Oh yeah. So there's two of us. He is a composer in England and he's done a bunch of like soundtracks and yes. like symphonies. So there's two of us. What is yours under? I'm adrianjohnstonmusic.com. Okay, and he's just Adrian Johnston. And he's adrianjohnston.com. He's got the good one. And I had to add the music. Uh, I think I'm music.com. You are. I just went through it. It was Adrian Johnston, but I, I had music and I didn't do .com. Oh. It was just pulling up him. And then yeah. when I scrolled down and then it said Adrian Johnston. Da, 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 da. And it's funny too, because I get his emails all the time. I'm always like, you're looking for the composer, man. And we're spelled the exact same way. There is another writer in England, in Great Britain, whose name is Aaron Lee Bentley. Stop it. Really? But I have Aaron Lee Bentley everything. Do you really? I've got the Twitter, the Facebook, the Gram. I've got all of it. He must be older than me because he, like, he had all the domains before yeah, I yeah. even started. So it looks like, yeah, he's got a couple years on him. Yeah, he's getting yeah, A couple he's, 20. He's a little bit older. He's got a couple years. I don't think he knows how to answer his email. That's why people email me. It's greatness. Like, I should send him an admin bill. Oh. Wouldn't that be funny? And be like, I've been taking care of your emails for years. Yeah, that last soundtrack you got, that was mine. I'll take 8%. I know, right? I'm, I'm waiting for BMI, ASCAP, whoever, to like mix this up one day. Oh, I'd be nice getting one of those big old crazy checks. I know, I'd be like, oh, darn. There's like Becoming Jane was a movie that he had like the whole soundtrack. And apparently it was a pretty big movie. I think like Anne Hathaway was in it. Yeah, that was a big movie because it's by Jane Austen. Yes, it's a Jane Austen book. I never watched it, but I just, it always comes up on my thing. Maybe coming up here pretty soon for me, but we can find you on the Apple, the Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, what about your shop? What's the website for your shop? Sheality.com. Sheality.com. 
Mm-hmm. You can go shopping. All the boutique stuff. Mm-hmm. All the women's clothes, all sizes. And I've got girls that run it 24-7 for me. Um, so they're great. And they ship it out and seal it with a kiss. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Airbnb is? The She Shack. The She Shack. And it's on Airbnb in Jefferson. It's got a pink front door. I will say that's probably one of my most fun projects. I'm loving this. I know. So listeners, if anybody wants to go to Jefferson and you want to have a good time, Seriously, we're all Go. on the same block. Like even just this past weekend, I wasn't there, but like the girls that booked the She Shack did a private shopping event at the store and like we had a private room for them and they drink champagne and somebody like pulled clothes for them and basically what the premise of these things not only just being you know, activities for me to do during COVID cuz obviously I wasn't touring is what we bring to our grit shows and like our girl shows is you come and you drink wine and you have fun with your girlfriends. So why wouldn't I just expand that in my other businesses too? So I was doing my girls like us weekend and they were, they came to Jefferson the last time I hosted it and it was me and Caitlin Butts and Sarah Hobbs and we had wine nights and live music. But then during the day they shopped at my store and they stayed at the she shack and they went on ghost tours and it was like a whole weekend agenda. And Aaron's, Aaron's <laughs> posture just changed. I'm going, I'm not going to buy any clothes from you for me. <laughs> I had a man cave at one point. It didn't do very good. Uh, I'm going to spend some money for there, but it won't be for me. <laughs> I'll drink the wine. I'll listen to the music. There you go. I'll stay in the Airbnb. And we get asked all the time too, like, are you going to do another girls weekend? I'm like, yes, it's, just, it's a lot of work to plan it. But so let's back up real quick. Grit, yes. girls raised in Texas. It, grit was a big tour that you ladies did. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of it. There's a lot of you ladies in the grit. I know. There's been several lineup changes. Oh and I, yeah, and not in a negative way. Like you got no. It's whoever's together. available. Whoever's yeah. Available. Mm-hmm. A lot of the careers have gotten really big. I know. I know. The girls have done so good. It's been so fun to watch too. Like, and we're all still in a group text. Like, I'm scared to see what that looks like. Oh, it's pretty funny. I'm sure it is. It's really funny. But it was, I mean, grit to me was, I say was, because, you know, we haven't done it so long. Not that we wouldn't do it again. We've been thinking about doing a reunion (coughs) show and bringing You need to. I will will be there. I will be there. I need a venue that, A, is easy to work with right now, which is very hard to find. B, would accommodate, I mean, we're talking eight girls in a lineup. Is probably what it would be. So you're saying you need a sound guy that can handle eight girls in a lineup. Yeah. So you're hired. <laughs> and by hired, I mean, I'll give you some wine. <laughs> hey, Brian Cesarek with Sound Vision. If you're listening, that's you, not me. Right. Oh yeah. Brian, he did my wedding. Brian, uh, Brian He did Zarek's all of good. our shows. And then I was like, oh, you can do my wedding too. Right. This is easy. He did Destiny's wedding. Well, he had. Did sweet, he? Yeah. Sweet Lou came out and did it. The, yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah. Let's be honest. Sweet Lou does all of them too. And he's good. Yeah. Sound vision. Yeah. They're the best. They're the best. But seriously, we've been talking about it and I've been trying to, I was trying to get a grit show before this baby arrived and that hasn't come to fruition yet just because it's too hard to schedule right now. But I mean, I want to do one with all the girls again and just do one instead of so many, like, you know, looking back on how many shows we did, we did little shows here and there with like two or three girls and you know, 200 people would come and 150 people, which is great. 
You just want to do a one. But I want to do one Around the horn. big one. I want to have a really good sound, like a Kessler vibe or a, um, I don't have a comparable example, but you know what I mean? Like everybody could be up there and it's a listening vibe and it's all the girls again. It's got to happen. I just, I mean, who's going to book it? We miss each other. Well, I, that's my job and I'm slacking. <laughs> that would be me. Just add it to my list. Add it to the list. Add it to the list of things I need to accomplish. It's greatness. I've been, I've, I mean, I've talked to a couple of venues about it. I thought that, you know who I thought would be really cool to do it at was Drover, Hotel mm-hmm. Drover. But they want me to rent the whole thing like an event. The whole thing? Uh, don't even get me started. Well, you know what? You've got uh, in Mineral Wells, the baker is going to be open in like two <gasps> is years. The baker, I wanted my wedding at the baker. So it's two and a half or three <gasps> years it's going to be open then. But would that be too far outside of the? Me- I was thinking DFW would be the best place to do it. You're talking about doing it like a like a weekend out of it, right? Well, that's the, that's the question. Should we do it as a weekend? I would do it. as Should a weekend. we do it just like a Sunday afternoon show? Should we? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm just throwing this out there. It's a lot of work to do. It's a, a lot of work, but if you do it as a weekend, you have the Saturday night mm-hmm. flatland. Then Sunday, the ladies play. That could work. We know. Just, I mean, we know people. I'm saying you know a couple people. You know that. a couple people in that camp. I'm just saying a few. That would be really fun. I know Hank. <laughs> Hank <laughs> follows me on Instagram. I'm pretty famous. You are pretty famous. I, I mean, I hope Hank follows me on Instagram. I don't really know if that's true. <laughs> All right. We've been doing this. We've been doing this conversation almost two hours now. Ms. Adrian, again, I oh thank you. Oh my gosh, you. we have to stop. I thank you again for coming and visiting me. This has been amazing. <laughs> Um, we've given everybody the places to visit and listen, and we've now put a bug in their ear about a grit show possibly coming up at the Baker Hotel in two and a half years. I mean, years. We wrote, that's a big promise. <laughs> we we wrote that on invisible ink on disintegrating paper. But Correct. I think I'm going to go and close this out. So Thanks, buddy. This thank was you. fun. And until next time, friends, I'm Aaron Bentley. Adios. Off Mic, Off the Record is a Blacktop Poetry production. For more insight into your favorite independent artists and all things behind the scenes and in between, visit blacktoppoetry.com. Our theme is provided by Austin Upchurch. Go check him out at austinupchurch.com. I'm your host, Aaron Bentley. And if you made it this far, you're either really bored or you fell asleep. Either way, thank you for your support, and I'll catch you next time. Adios. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay.